Harmful smoke is continuing to overtake New York City as the aftermath of Canadian wildfires extends its drift south. New York City now one of the worst places in the world in terms of air pollution at the moment. This as there are more than 400 fires raging. Have you heard, Zach, about the Titanic submarine that went missing? I've heard it. I've seen it in the news. Getting pretty crazy out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have you seen, so have you seen the video of it before you get into the rest of this? Have you seen like the I think CBS News or something video? No. Of like where they went through it and it's literally just like an a empty vessel with like one button. And yeah. they control it with like a GameCube controller. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what I wanted to talk with you about. How okay, crazy yeah. this is. This is Why what would anybody do that? Why would you right? go in that thing? Man, I wouldn't go in that thing if I was on land. It's, I would close myself tube. in there. It's just yeah. a tube with like a GameCube controller. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I, I hope that they're okay, but it's just like... Well, I don't know. What were they thinking? I don't know. I don't know who the people are on this submarine. Maybe I don't hope they're okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, that's a joke. One of them is a a bil- billionaire. I know that. Okay. Uh, so I know that you're Strike probably one. yeah. You're yeah. not too <laughs> too too worried about him. But I think I I read like he was maybe it's the billionaire guy. Some one of the people that's on it has done this trip like. A bunch of times. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you're going yeah, why, out. <laughs> like, why what do you, do you need to do this time? more than once for? And it costs like I a quarter million dollars to do yeah, it. Yeah, he's just got too much money. That's the right. problem. He doesn't know what the hell to do with it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, like, the, the idea on the surface is kind of funny right they're going to see the titanic at the bottom of the ocean sunken ship and they get lost at the bottom like of the sunken ocean also yeah 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 it is it's a little funny like zach said on the surface but also hope they're all right at the end of the day they're people uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah i guess even i was reading so it's got like I don't know. They estimate like 70 hours of oxygen or something has been missing since the weekend. Yeah, I think they're done. I think they're toast. But like I read, if it comes up, let's just pretend magically it came up to the surface. They can't even get out. It's bolted shut from the outside. And they have no idea where it is, right? Like no idea. The last time it pinged, I think it was like, I don't know. I read it was like 11,000 feet lower than the like lowest rescue of a like underwater vessel so yeah. like I, there's no help even if they know where they are i think yeah doesn't look good for them but that's uh what happens when you sign a waiver that says this shit might happen to you <laughs> right <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right well welcome back to poison for profit it's been a while uh, we are, uh, yeah, it has. <laughs> We're gonna get back into it though with a uh, very topical. I think this is maybe like the most. Uh, we did East Palestine, but like this is 
we're and we're i guess maybe a little late on this because it's been going (laughs) but we're talking about wildfires today and the causes and effects yep yeah definitely causes effects basically everything wildfire i would say you know getting into the nitty-gritty yeah well i guess let's start with the background on these fires yeah i mean i was just gonna bring up I think the best way to start this is what kind of got this into our our crosshairs would be those uh, Canadian fires that started up and gave New York the worst air quality in the world for a day or two. I mean, that was crazy pictures to see. I think shocked a lot of people and really brought wildfires to the front of everyone's mind, wouldn't you say, Zach? Yeah, and I guess, you know, it's a two-sided coin we only really heard about it because it was new york and like a this giant population center right and but, but these wildfires they do happen every year and they affect people across the country and, and the continent and the world but yeah i mean like it, it was shocking to see the pictures of new york and i don't think since we've been alive nothing like that has happened in the u.s where it's gotten that bad i mean smog in la is kind of infamous right but this was like a, a whole different level it looked like hell honestly it really did like, yeah like a painting of <laughs> of hell yeah uh, yeah just the way you like couldn't even see and then the color of it too was just like disgusting <laughs> yeah um but yeah the wildfires they're one of those things that used to happen i'd say fairly naturally you know a lightning strike here or there fire would start and it would burn the land right and disruption disruption is important for the health of an ecosystem and that's why there are things like controlled burns prescribed burns that exist uh, exactly. as like as land management practices but, but I this feel, is like yeah yeah it's just out of hand yeah it really is. And I feel like this is kind of from the mentality of that we've been almost keeping these fires at bay as much as we can, which is now leading to these just out of control fires because the fuels are building up like crazy. We've been having more and more droughts and just drier and drier climate because of that, which just, you know, increases this wildfire risk. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some other practices um forestry practices for for profits that we'll talk about that have to do with this of a certain chemical is being sprayed to to control what you know species of trees grow where and and how it affects resiliency and and uh, fire resistance and things like that yeah, I'm actually really excited to hear about that because that's not what I focused on tonight. But I focused on uh, just kind of the where we're looking at with wildfires and climate change in general. So, as everyone knows, climate's changing. Uh, it's and with that, we're seeing more flooding. We're seeing just this more extreme weather, which is one of the huge uh, the giant risk factors when it comes to wildfires. Uh, for example, I do prescribed burning for work. One of the people that is designated their entire job on that prescribed burn is to check the weather. If you don't have someone checking the weather at all times, the fire can completely change the direction it's going. It can increase in speed, and that's how they get out of hand. Uh, so these fires that 
aren't prescribed and just happen by most of the time people lighting fires, uh, either be it a campfire, um, ATV, just like farming equipment, whatever it is, they just yeah, become. I'm, go ahead. Sorry. And just hold hold their place. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw like the video of the fire starting on in uh, eastern Canada. Yeah. Where it looked like they all started at the exact same time. I saw that. It was very. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, it got, you know, we got a DM about it and kind of discussed it with uh, some people. But um, I've seen everything from like uh, theories of like arsonists or like eco terrorists, or uh, I've even seen like tectonic plate activity as uh, a theory, which is like. I, I don't know anything about that. And I'm not going to talk about it really, but I'm just like, it's really a qu- kind of not certain what, you know, actually has caused it to be as bad as it is or has been. But there's a lot of different causes that come from this. But again, like you said, a lot of man-made or, uh, or human-caused processes and, and obviously the things that exacerbate it, human-caused climate mm-hmm. change things like that. So I just wanted to add that in there that uh, there's definitely some, you know, theories floating around. Uh, We're not going to like get into about that, but just about how it's been exacerbated. Yeah. That would actually be interesting to kind of get into. Cause I've also seen the same thing as you, Zach, they they don't really know what's the cause for those fires, right? Or I I don't know. The pattern of, that video it's crazy it's kind of clustered and there's a few like kind of outliers far out right i mean that doesn't make much sense to me for it to be arson like that would have to be a pretty big group of people right Right. um and like i don't know if they were trying to actually do some form of eco-terrorism that distribution doesn't make much sense to me but yeah also like you said you know controlled burns um that get out of hand because of climate change things like that uh obviously a possibility but honestly the thing that just struck me was the tectonic plate activity theory which again i don't really know that much (laughs) about but but i mean it seemed as as likely as anything that's been said i guess definitely yeah, I'd have to kind of agree with you, though, on the eco-terrorism or someone arson type uh, setting of those Canadian wildfires. It does look like someone set them because they all seemingly went at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I would just have, like, I don't know, in my head, it seems more like maybe that whole, obviously, that whole area was probably under the same climate, the same weather, all of the same factors that allowed that fire to start. Right. Uh, It's not unlikely for it to start in that same area in multiple places. But yeah, they're actually estimating that these uh, wildfires are more than 80% of them are caused by people. So (laughs) it's kind of like what we're saying. Yeah. Pretty pretty much, uh, you know, we're causing a lot of these wildfires uh, just through. Yeah. And I'll get into it a little bit later, but with with kind of how you know how forestry between okay so between forestry practices and you know oil and gas companies and and the whole anthropogenic climate change 
there's kind of this very fine and also blurred line of what is arson and what is like this accidental forest fire, right? Like Mm -hmm. how, who is truly to blame for, you know, the fires, but also the scale of the fires. And the the blame really has to be shared, but it's just a, a something to think about. Definitely. And I kind of am glad you brought up the scale because another thing I was looking into is the, that with each degree uh, Celsius that they're estimating that the temperature increases due to climate change. They're also estimating that the median burned area per year to in- is going to increase 600% for US, the Western United States. So that's quite a huge increase, 600% a, up. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, just per degree. I mean, to me that... I always feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love it if it's a degree hotter. <laughs> yeah. Would you also I mean, like 600% more of your forests and just ecosystems being burnt up each year? It takes a long time for that to recover from the burn uh, and actually yeah. get back to a being a forest. So, yeah, it's also like, but it's also like, would you also like it if you got half as much rain or, you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, there's the people who say that. Obviously, maybe it's a little tongue in cheek, but they right. don't know anything about <laughs> I the climate. Know. Exactly. I also kind of feel like that it is yes, one degree warmer, but it probably also shifts one degree colder as well. Yeah, it's definitely, and that's kind of why like it's climate change now, not totally global warming. The trend is warming, mm-hmm. but it's more erratic weather for sure so definitely more winter storms as well and and i don't know it's just less predictable and and things like this are going to happen more often definitely um but i wanted to kind of focus a little bit on mine who's to blame that's zach and i's favorite who done it Who did uh, so, it? Who done it? Well, I, of course, looked into one of Zach and I's favorite groups, the fossil fuel producers. So as we've been talking, they have not slowed their productions at all. We've been seeing this increase in climate change as we've been increasing our use and reliance on fossil fuels. And another big thing that we've been, since we've seen this, we've been putting it on these companies, make the change, make these promises through, you know, the Paris Accord, uh, you know, going for their net zero ambition as BP has showed us in that report that we went through. Uh, But as we've seen time and time again, they're not holding true to these goals, to these promises. And it just really is really exacerbating this issue of climate change, which is really pushing these forest fires. I mean, uh, oil, gas, and coal, they're on track right now to produce 110% more by 2030. So just they're increasing like crazy for these things that they're trying to reduce. (laughs) I just saw, I can't remember what company it was, maybe Shell, just like, they had plans that they just scrapped of reducing their oil production and they just scrapped them. Like obviously we talk (laughs) about them not having plans to, to reduce actual production. And this is what we're talking about. It's like, 
they can, you know, have these announcements, but yeah, nobody has stuck to anything that they've said. No one's actually holding their word. I mean, it was BP is like, as soon as we talked about them, they instantly yeah. rolled back their net zero ambition. Uh, and it's, it's true. These net zero pledges are just completely meaningless. The other thing with them is they're not truly treating the issue right then and there, which is the emission of CO2 and other uh, greenhouse gases that are causing this climate change. So I just, yeah, I don't really have any faith in any company that goes for a net zero, which is my real gripe here (laughs) that I'm getting at. It just doesn't actually address any issue. It really allows the company to produce what they want and pretend like that they're actually maybe planting trees or what have exactly yeah exactly and and like you said it's all junk all these carbon credits right exactly it's not effective at actually reducing carbon in the atmosphere yeah and it's like i said these it's climate change is what i've been talking about this whole time it's just really pushing this problem of wildfires and we're seeing more and more wildfires each year because of it so since the 1980s when they've been looking at this data uh it's just been on a very steady increase in wildfires uh per eco region the only one that doesn't look like it's really going up is the mediterranean california area and but even with that who knows it could just be some other factor but every other single one of them is steadily increasing in the amount of fires so I think this is just kind of what we're going to be seeing as climate change increases by one, you know, one degree each year. We're going to continue to see these huge jumps in wildfires. And I mean, the thing with wildfires as well is they cause billions in damages each year. So this is uh, for loss of homes, infrastructure, and then firefighting efforts. We already know. California has huge issues with firefighting. Their main or a lot of wildfires are mainly fought by inmates and prisoners. <laughs> so mm-hmm. of course, you know, America, we love our prisoners to keep prison this country, labor. Yeah, yeah, keep this country running by doing one of the, you know, most dangerous most jobs, dangerous jobs. <laughs> that there yeah. is while breathing in who knows what. So Yeah. Yeah, just these costs is just absolutely astonishing, truthfully. Um, the NOAA, you know, NOAA, they estimated that the total costs for wildfires is between 2017 and 2018 to be closer to over $40 billion. So it's something we obviously need to get a handle on, I would say. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, you think about it and it's totally obvious, right? You, you don't probably need a number to, mm-hmm. to, to to understand like how dangerous and uh, destructive these fires are for 40 billion is uh, a ton and that is you know that's going through neighborhoods residential areas it doesn't matter that forest fires do not discriminate absolutely and uh, I think this will be my last point on uh, climate change and how we're really pushing these wildfires on our own 
Zach will get us into how these companies are pushing after this. But I just want to talk about one specific species. And I think you can really think about this between all the rest of the species of animals that are getting either pushed out or increasing their range. So there's a mountain pine beetle that's native to Western United States. And what it does is it either weakens or can kill uh, trees, uh, the obviously pine trees. <laughs> uh, and they've actually been seeing that this beetle has been increasing its range, as I said. So it's going into areas it wasn't before. So killing, weakening trees. Those trees are then more susceptible to fire. Um, and they've also tracked that this mountain pine beetle is tracking with climate change. So it's increased its amount of reproduction. So it's reproducing instead of once per year, one life cycle per year, they're actually doing two life cycles per year because it has that increased range of time that it can produce, uh, you know, offspring. So they're, they found this link. And I just think that this is one beetle. This is one bug. <laughs> what else is happening with other insects, other animals that are also affected by climate change in this way that are, you know, killing trees, killing or weakening shrubs, wh whatever it might be. But I just feel like these are some of those consequences that we see from climate change that you don't put all the pieces into or connect all of the lines to see all of the, the issues that this is truly causing, but just seeing that this beetle is now reproducing twice the amount it used to i think that that really shows how climate change is affecting our uh planet yeah you said that's a pine beetle yeah I the assume, mountain pine beetle all right so i assume it, it, it feeds on pine trees kills pine trees yep, right exactly yeah yeah so i guess to piggyback off of that one thing I didn't realize is, especially in Canada, how big the the logging industry is. I think Americans and maybe in the Pacific Northwest are a little bit more aware of it, right? But sure, um, at least in the context of like GMOs and things like that, we think of uh, definitely like food agriculture or cash crops, corn uh, and soy. Um, cotton but i guess you know you can call these gmo trees cash crops uh they're monoculture trees um, they're producing glyphosate resistant pine and spruce trees for lodging poles and obviously if they're glyphosate resistant they're going to be spraying glyphosate where they grow uh, just to, you know, like we said, monoculture to eradicate any other species in, that are in the area, uh, hardwoods, underlying vegetation. Uh, and the problem with this is that when it comes to forest fires, pine trees, spruce trees, conifers, really, uh, they burn much faster and more intensely than uh, hardwoods like birch, aspen trees, things like that. So these, you know, these monoculture, I don't even know what you would call them, 
uh, tree farms in a way, I guess. Yeah, I'd say uh, so. Logging, logging operations. The more there are and the more they have these trees there and spray to eradicate uh, the other species of trees, the the faster and more intensely they're going to burn and spread. And obviously, you know, once they do hit that, what they're calling uh, natural fire barriers of these deciduous trees, uh, it's more likely to burn all the way through because it's, you know, burning more intensely. Um, In 2017 and 2018, there was 1.2 million hectares of forest burned in British Columbia, Canada because of these forestry practices. And I mean, that's just like with with climate change, like you were talking about, Nick, and the just continuation and increase in these forestry practices, 1.2 million is a ton. Uh, It seems like it's going to be even more and probably more this year. I know it's early in the season this year and they've already burned like, I think 400 million hectares. That's yeah, that's insane. Or not four hundred million, four hundred thousand hectares. I believe. Okay, I was gonna say, holy crap! Because that's four hundred <laughs> times more. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like that's you know almost half, and we are not even to the middle of summer. Not even to the beginning of summer time technically, and as and along with that, you know, we talk about glyphosate a lot mm-hmm. and pesticides, herbicides a lot, and how some plants survive uh certain spring become you know super developed super resistance things like that not all these plants are dying but they're becoming damaged uh and glyphosate can remain present in the plants for at least a year which is what they're finding which is i mean a year of of having glyphosate in the system is pretty crazy that is and we were talking i think before the podcast started i think you said this that you knew that there was GMO trees and this kind of thing, but it's just like I didn't realize it was to this scale, you know? Right. And it's I didn't not even something that I like you said earlier, I didn't really even think about oh, like, you know, these lumber yards, they're farming this. They're not just, you know, going out into the forest somewhere cutting a bunch of trees down. They're actually working this like a like what Zach and I are used to a cornfield. <laughs> That's how they're working it. It's a cornfield, but with trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 the GMO part, like you said, we weren't really aware. Like I didn't know this was glyphosate resistant trees. Right. I didn't realize there was any need for that really. But it, you know, it makes sense now. But I thought it was like I don't know, like insect resistant, like this pine beetle you're talking about, things yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I mean, just the, the, the abundance of glyphosate and, you know, similar chemicals in what's, you know, seemingly now every ecosystem imaginable. Uh, I mean, we're still learning about this stuff and we do a podcast on it. So it's, it's shocking how much there is. I mean, it's just, you know, if they can spray glyphosate on it, they're gonna, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> they they want to get their finger into every inch of the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, the biotech industry, obviously, the more they can sell, the better for them. Mm-hmm. Right. But I guess piggybacking off of this, off of 
your comments on climate change even further. A lot of these boreal forests that are in northern Canada, yeah, contain like this this um, permafrost and 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 other types of vegetation that and peat uh, peat moss things like that that store very very old carbon right it's a the ancient carbon sinks you know thousands of years or more and now this is starting to these fires are starting to reach that and release all that carbon so it's i mean it's just and i've seen some of the the models for climate projections compared to this year and this year is like outdoing what even the most i don't know what the what you call liberal uh projection yeah yeah yeah, like this is outdoing that so i mean just all of this happening on top of each other it's pretty uh pretty troubling it's hard to really have any kind of optimism about about how this this climate crisis is uh, not even just responded to but any type of resolution being come to at all and even in part you know what i mean like it seems like we're we have all of this AI and technology and, and we're almost waiting for that to give us a, a catch all answer to this. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like this also for me kind of is another one of those topics where people like to say, well, see, this is a natural process, which it is. But at the levels we are getting to, this is clearly being promoted by us. It's by things like these glyphosate, you know, monoculture of glyphosate resistant trees. Having that is not a natural process. That is not a natural environment you'd ever find. And it's just, I just hate that argument that sure, yes, some of this is natural. It's a natural burning and all of that is started on its own, but it would never have been this way if we didn't go and completely fuck it all up right yeah yeah and that kind of reminds me of of like i guess the basis of the argument is like human survival right because it reminds me of something that when krithi talam was on she said like the planet you know in the long run is gonna be fine it's like human survival on the planet that's really in question and it's because of us and it's because of all these things we're doing that we're talking about definitely Stop the Spray BC had a report on, or they had uh, a thread of tweets on Twitter um, about the logging industry manipulating official reports from the British Columbia chief foresters that they were omitting evidence that glyphosate forestry practices were making fires worse. And they were deleting mention of of, uh, any type of deciduous trees, reducing fires, pests, and improving resiliency of the ecosystems. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of there. I mean, we all live in kind of the same Western society, right? So I'm sure they have lobbying groups up there that are doing the same things that lobbying groups here do in agriculture to where it's all about company profits, shareholder value, things like that. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't surprise me, but it did surprise me when you just said that. Of course, they're covering it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's, no matter it's, what, they're covering yeah, it's, it up. <laughs> it's exactly what we really talked about with um, Merchants of Poison report mm-hmm. from U.S. Right to Know. 
where who knows what type of studies they're ghostwriting and and how they're kind of controlling the the mainstream you know opinion on on these products but it is roundup and glyphosate based herbicide so it's all you know connected anyways yeah and i mean this is the best way to con you know control that narrative is if you mess with the data then no independent person can actually go in and make a different judgment because they've omitted that data right that's what you're saying yeah. right yeah so yeah, it's that yeah. completely it doesn't even allow like i would be okay if they left all the data alone made the report and said this is fine you know that's what i'd expect monsanto right to say but if they're just completely omitting the data and not putting it in for even someone else to check their work how could we ever even begin to trust a company like that how are you ever going to know what they're truly doing uh, what they're going to leave out on us next yeah you really can't like uh there's no reason to trust anything they say, especially, you know, after all these years, I mean, like you said, it's, it's the same thing, no matter what you're talking about, you can be talking about non-Hodgkin lymphoma, you can be talking about climate change and, and severity of forest fires, things like that. If you allow them to have a seat at the table, they're going to try to spin that narrative in their favor. And this really kind of, kind of, triggered or not triggered but it kind of led me to to think about the question of like of arson and you know it's always you know bad and and really you know almost almost comical in a sense of how terrible it is when things like you know gender reveal to start these forest fires that one made um, me so mad right, <laughs> we have to yeah. talk about this quick it was so unreal that that's what caused such a terrible fire yeah oh I my mean, god <laughs> i don't even know how, like i don't know the specifics on how it happened but obviously very st stupid thing to do right and and very dumb people go camping and start these fires right um, but like without the things that that we're doing and these companies are doing the people who profit from these ecosystems and and processes that are going on it's likely that these fires are nowhere near as destructive as they become definitely so when we talk about like sh sharing blame and and not you know seeing seeing the full picture yeah you can blame you know some some dummy like 18 year old or however old she was mom or mom and dad doing their gender reveal or you can you know also see that there's other factors to this that are making these fires enormous and and totally engulfing towns and and right. cities that you know it doesn't have to be as bad as it is well, it does now because of we've done all these things. We're here but now. But it, it never yeah. had to be. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't, you know, we could stop it and we could, you know, regulate out these things and actually have diverse forests that, you know, control humidity and temperature and, and burning rate and things like that. Uh, and we could, you know, reduce oil production and... Obviously, you know, that would take a little longer time to see the, <laughs> the climate effects from that. But 
like things have to be done on a on a systemic global scale for any of this to get better definitely because because you're going to have those people that go into the forest and accidentally start fires like you you can't like keep those kind of people out of of public areas like that well and also at the end of the day let's pretend everything zach just said comes true we're you know reducing making these forests as best we can we're reducing our impact on them at the end of the day we're still going to have fires it's a natural part of our environment we're not expecting that there to never be fires again there's plants that are adapted for fire and they benefit from fire obviously that didn't happen overnight this is how these plants have evolved so that's not what we're expecting to happen but these large scale fires is what we really really need to uh you know do our best to control and reduce those large scale fires and really help protect people i don't think we did an intro today didn't we? i did thought we do you an did intro? i think you did oh maybe i did anyways <laughs> that is our episode for today <laughs> yeah i mean we're getting back into it hopefully everybody enjoyed it who listened i definitely were, enjoyed the discussion that was for yeah sure. a lot of fun it was it's a uh it's a good topic and uh i definitely learned something researching it so yeah I'm glad we covered it even though it was a little bit late i suppose uh shout out to gmo free usa for sending links articles for my research and and asking for a, an episode on this our socials are in the show notes follow us send us stuff like gmo free does anything else nick and just thank you all for listening i was just gonna say if uh anyone else any thoughts or other points that we didn't hit on wildfires send those our way as well we'd love to chat with you or we can bring them up in another episode if you'd like us to do some research and throw another episode out on this but yeah thank you all for listening Talk to you next time.